Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome friends to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. Great to be with you today. I'm going to change it up a little bit today from what we've been discussing the last few episodes. As you know, I was just in Reno, Nevada, and I spoke a little bit about the impact of the lockdown on what I would say is our humanity, some of the things I had seen. On the way back on the airplane, long flight, a couple hours on the first leg and four hours on the second leg, had a little time to watch some Netflix, Netflix downloads, and I watched uh, the beginning of this documentary called Einsatzgruppen, the Nazi Death Squads. It's a documentary that talks about the units created by Hitler to exterminate Jews, Romanians, and Soviet prisoners in Eastern Europe, specifically and most especially near the beginning of World War II, like 1941 or so. It's obviously disturbing in many ways because it shows a lot of footage of the actual deaths of these people. A couple of things that really stood out to me as I was watching it. You know, one was the casual way that people were beaten and executed. You know, one minute you see a crowd of people, you see some Nazis, you see some locals, you see these Jews walking, Jews walking around, and then the next minute they're being yelled at, and the next minute they're being thrown to the ground, and the next minute they're being beaten to death. As people walk around, like going about their day. Now, they, they, they also showed people just being walked into a ditch. Boom, machine gunned. Then casually dirt being thrown on them by people that the next second you see, like looking off to the side, smoking a cigarette. In a weird way, it was this sort of casualness, the, the normalness of it that was scary because it involved everybody in these, for the time, would have been modern cities, you know, big cities in all these countries. What was scary about it was sort of another thing that stood out to me was that they used this propaganda to work up the local populations as they entered these countries to get them to do the killing for them a lot of times. That very often the people doing the beating were not the Nazis. It was the people they had worked up. And it was interesting as the historians they interviewed talked about how the Nazis over time had objectified the Jews, how it had it gone from the Jews are the cause of our problems to the name calling, you know, Jews are lesser than us and, you know, Jews are the ones that are bad. And to the point it got to where they were such the enemy, they were so wrong that they could justify killing them. And in some of these countries, there would be whole groups of just local people who before the Nazis came, you know, would have never thought to do this. And they had these giant clubs and they're just killing people, just killing them in front of just your normal population. And then in some ways, the, the, the scariest part of the whole thing is they started talking about who led these groups, you know, who led the Einsatzgruppe. And all, you know, in the beginning, it, it, it's the obvious characters, you know, Hitler wanted it for him, Heinrich Himmler, 
you know, the commander of the SS sort of put it together. People like Richard Heydrich, you know, were, were behind how it was going to function. But when you got down to the actual battalions that went out into the field, I, be, I believe there was like 20, 22 main groups. They gave a profile of the men who led them. Over half of them had PhDs. Think about that. Over half of them had PhDs. They were engineers. They were psychiatrists. They were brilliant people. Most of them, they showed you the picture, and they were handsome people. They had magnetic personalities. They were masters of rhetoric. They were college teachers who, over time, had bought so into the propaganda of the Jews, of blaming the Jews, that they had worked themselves up to the logic that they must be exterminated like rats. And then they were able to convince other people of the same thing. Not just the people that worked for them, but the local populations, all of it. And it took years. It just didn't happen, you know, overnight. And I'm watching that and, you know, what a stark reminder to never be afraid to ask questions of the elite and those who lead us. You know, when we wait, when we don't ask questions, it's often too late. And then we become complicit and whatever horror they wanted to do. And it happens time and time again in history. You know, it's the power of the mob. It's the power of somebody like that to stir up emotions in people and then use that anger against whatever they see the enemy as. It takes righteous anger and turns it to unrighteous killing in a blink of the eye. That's what Hitler did. World War I left Germany devastated, their economy devastated. They needed somebody to blame instead of themselves. They blamed the Jews. It's the Jews' fault. The Jews are running everything. Over a 10, 15-year period, the Jews became their problem. The Jews are why we are suffering. And they went from the enemy to being portrayed as animals. I mean, they showed pictures of Jews with like rat faces. And then all of a sudden, that anger gets turned into something worse than anger, pure evil. And what was righteous anger, you know, not at the Jews, but righteous anger after the war at the way Germany had been left with nothing. That gets turned into this unrighteous killing where the people that were persecuted become worse than those they blame for persecuting them. It's a scary thing to see. I really recommend you watch it, Einsatzgruppen, the Nazi death squads. Look at the people doing the killing. Look at the people leading them. If you don't think it could be you and me, if you don't think it could be leaders and professors in colleges, just watch it. To me, more than anything, it's a reminder why our founding fathers emphasized personal liberty. That one fact Emphasizing personal liberty encourages dissenting voices. It is our biggest hedge against groupthink that sometimes can go in the right direction, but can sometimes go in the wrong direction. When personal liberty is diminished, like it or not, we're on our way to savagery. You must be protected. I don't think it is understood enough. You see... What it protects us against is selfishness of the group. One person gets mad at you, 
you probably got a pretty good stand, chance of withstanding it. A whole group of people get mad at you, you're screwed. A whole group of people's anger in the street can get turned to killing and unrighteousness and becoming what they don't want in the blink of an eye. And without a deep-seated, rooted idea of personal liberty, ultimately, that's what any population could become. And you see it happen. As civilizations fall, as groups get worked up, they look for people to blame. And the second you blame somebody and they become an object, you can do anything to them. Anything becomes possible. Anything becomes acceptable because they deserve it. And we're trying to free ourselves. You know, what was crazy, when you look at the propaganda of these death squads, they didn't see themselves as destroying something. They saw themselves as creating something. The core of their rhetoric was, we need to eliminate the Jews in order to create the kind of society we want to live in. We need to kill the Jews, to kill the gypsies, to kill the Soviet prisoners in order for us to be free. The most perverted form of freedom, I must kill you so I can live, that exists. But with the power of the group, with the power of rhetoric, when people allow themselves to become sheep and become part of this group, anything is possible. Anybody can have a finger pointed at them. I just say this because I think today more than ever, we got to fight for what made America great. We can protect our personal liberties and, and still look out for each other. We can protect our personal liberties and be empathetic to others. We all got warts. We all got things we got to work on. American history is not just a history of America making mistakes. You know what it is? It's a history of America correcting those mistakes, appealing to our better angels to overcome things that were in our founding, things that we had to overcome. I mean, that's the Civil War. That's, that's the Revolutionary War. That's World War II. But, but when, when personal liberty becomes secondary to groupthink and a small number of people manipulating the group, my goodness, it doesn't matter what the cause is. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It's dangerous and it's scary. So go back, look at some history. Look, look at how people during that time were allowed to be manipulated, to see the other as a rat, see who it was doing it. Read about our founders. They weren't perfect, but that's exactly what they were fighting against. The group think. The one person able to manipulate a group and they withstood it by being individuals, by fighting for personal liberty, asking questions, not shutting up when they were told to shut up, continuing to ask questions when they didn't get the right answers. If people are afraid to ask questions, raise an eyebrow. If people are afraid to discuss things, raise an eyebrow. If, if people are afraid to see another point of view, raise an eyebrow. When they start using name-calling, get very afraid. Because calling you a rat to beating you like one 
can happen very, very quickly. So my friends, something for you to think of over the weekend. Hopefully you enjoyed the series we did recently on prayer. When you're getting down, you'll use that to gird your loins, to remind you of what is important and what we were created for. Do not be deceived, ask questions, and have an awesome weekend. So until next time, I want you to aim high, spread your wings, and keep your eyes on the things that matter. I'm your host, Silouan. Peace. You've been listening to The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on The Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green.